You're, you're, you are listening to the Russell Brand Podcast. I'm here with Matt Morgan. Hello, Matt. Hello, Russell. G's with us as well. And whilst we've tried very much to recreate the infrastructure of the good old days where we were on publicly funded broadcasting mediums, what we haven't got is Noel Gallagher. And what we also haven't got is licence purse fees. We're basically in a basement. I'm going to paint a picture for you. We're in a basement. We're in a basement. We're in a basement in East London. But no this studio, is the, none of that stuff. We haven't got any songs to play. There's no... We've been stripped of access to music. Acoustic. There's no infrastructure. It's just, this is it now, Matt. <laughs> this is it. To the singing to the Russell Brand Podcast. With Russell and... Oh yeah! Isn't life just a tunnel of nonsense that it we is, retrospectively yeah. narrativise? Oh, then I met her, then I did this, then I did that. But did any of it really mean anything? No, nothing means anything. Just keep pressing forward. Zizek says... Why don't you just marry Zizek? Well, because he's asked me to stop coming to his flat. It's <laughs> one of the reasons that I won't marry. Because how can I marry a man who's put a restraining order on me? The uh, Slovenian philosopher Slavoj Žižek says that we are all nihilists and the only option we have is active or passive nihilism. And I've been active nihilist, secretly knowing my half hearts. Nothing has any meaning. There is mm-hmm. no true meaning except that which we apply. And a passive nihilist who's accepted it in a kind of a lethargic way. Perhaps like you. In fact, perhaps that's the difference between us. We sit the eye side. We were like, he's saying that we're like, I mean, don't feel bad, mate. It's not like you could have been captain of a spaceship, but instead you're a passive nihilist. The only other option was active nihilist. I mean, it's right. pointless. I mean, at least the passive nihilist isn't floundering around wasting his time. When these, when you tell me about these theories, and I sort of think, yeah, this is all, this makes sense. Yeah. But then when you think of just people who are taking their kids to school and coming home and going, oh, I'll watch that. Oh, I'll set that to record on Sky Plus. How do you? label them yeah do you think they're so passive nihilist they've buried that so deep well I'd like to say Slavoj like how are you going to deal with these people they're setting their sky box there to record like you know record once or record series of EastEnders or whatever where do they fall in your analysis? I think Zizek would say, Well, they are, of course, passive nihilists. They have accepted there is no meaning in their life. And to access some meaning, they follow the narratives of the goings-on in Albert Square, etc., etc. Dirty Dan, Nick, all of those characters. <laughs> so then they live vicariously through the goings-on in yeah, there. But then he, but I think there is a certain element of people like him intellectualising something that's just not, it's just someone living their life. Most I people don't even think don't even reflect well that means that doesn't change the objective fr- uh, truth whether you're reflecting or not but nonetheless Sorry. I see a documentary about Zizek and he keeps socks and pants in his knife and fork drawer in the kitchen well there you go he's a fucking madman <laughs> like he tried to pass it off like, of course context there is no context why not keep my socks and pants in the knife and fork drawer so show me your f- you're wearing forks or shoes <laughs> no it doesn't matter you, you're nihilist leave me alone Ting, 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 ting. You're wearing a bra made of crumpets. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of man is he, are is you? He, is this one of these people who you have direct access to? I ain't got access to Zizek, but I'm going to get it. I've had access to Eckhart Tolle. That was nice. It's mental that you have access. I see this book you've got here, The Untethered Soul. Yeah. It's got a personal message to you in it. It ain't personal, Matt. Check it oh, again. Right. Check it again. The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. Very fine book. One of those interpretations of spirituality and Eastern mysticism. I refer to it frequently. Given to me by, drum roll please, Oprah Winfrey. Oprah Michael A. Winfrey. Huh? What? 
Oprah Winfrey, oh, yeah, you, she sent that round my house. Oprah Winfrey gave Oprah you this. Winfrey, if Oprah Winfrey gives you a book, you're going to read it, aren't you? Because what does she know? I'll tell you something about Oprah Winfrey, Matthew. She edits in the room. Like, while she was interviewing me, like, you know, I wrote... She, there's two things you... <coughs> two things you should know about Oprah Winfrey, Seraphina. There's two things you should know about Oprah. One, she said this thing. Like, when I wrote that thing about Philip Seymour Hoffman, she goes, oh, I read that and it touched me, and I knew that if it touches me, it'll touch a million other people too. And I thought, that may be true of me in general. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, like, I thought, what an incredible confidence to have in your opinion that... If something you know, like yeah, if, yeah. if something reaches me, I know it. That means it has universal appeal. That's an incredible confidence. So the other thing she does is she's. So hang edit- on, where did that lead it to? What? So she gave it. Did she? I go and do an interview with Oprah Winfrey on the telly. Oh right, about that. Yeah, like about drugs in general. Uh, I was okay. like a pundit on drug deaths. Say like on Match of the Day, you've got ex footballers going, yeah, yeah, "Oh well, yeah. you know, in a situation like that, they could have been me. Could have been me. Yeah, well, no, I said, well, what Hoffman's done there is he's made the classic <laughs> error of uh, taking some time off drugs, then going back to his usual intake. He's overdosed, Oprah. And what, what were the emotional conditions? Oh well, I'd say you oh, know you get down down in the dumps, Oprah. <laughs> if you're a drug addict, oh, you can get down. Now, what Hoffman's done is he's done that. So like, she sort of like brought me on as a pundit. I'm a pundit. Right, right. I'm a drug deaf. I'm a drug deaf pundit. What she does, though, is when I'm telling my stories, like, she's asked me, like, you know, to oh, go on, whine on a bit about drugs. And I'll go, I'll, you know, I'll sort of, here, I, here we go, trot oh, it yeah. out, trot it out. But once I, uh, I went through my mum's handbag and I just took some money and spent it all on, you've got to drugs. <laughs> That's all Actually, stuff. I picked up a lipstick as well while I was in there. <laughs> Not to use it, I just like the mechanism. In, out, in, out. <laughs> Funny old things, the drugs were eating me up, Oprah. But like, yeah, yeah, cliches. And like, but while I was uh, trotting them out, I, uh, Oprah, if you're saying something that she thinks boring, she just like looks and say, I'll be talking, right? Yeah. And I'm like going on about drugs or feelings and whatnot. Oprah, she'll just, if she's bored, she's makes eye contact with you. And somewhere in yourself, you're thinking, look at Oprah Winfrey. She's looking right at me. This is, I'm having a time of my life. She's looking right at me. Then if she gets bored, she just goes like that. And you feel, oh no, <laughs> Oprah's not interested. She looks down, she looks downcast. She just removes her gaze. And you think, oh God, I better change the subject or up the ante. So some of my drug stories went crazy in the end. <laughs> Oh, boring Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, drug just... stories. <laughs> things that I'd seen on the television. How do you say... Well, you said she edits in the room. That's just her looking down at her notes, probably. No, mate. It's well, she sort brutal. of goes, we can't use any of this. No. This is boring. Her looking down has that impact. Oh, what? So yeah, they, they turn when the cameras down, off. You can tell that, that ain't getting used. Oh. I know. It's very disheartening. That's the worst system what, for you. Because a lot of people go, oh, this is going nowhere. She doesn't like it. I'll, uh, I'll wait for the next question. But you'll go, and there was a dinosaur there. <laughs> and he was on drugs. The pair of us, me and this diplodocus, were out of our nuts on drugs. Oh, you better believe it, baby. What's she like, though, as a person? I tried to see if I could hack into the mainframe. What does that mean? Have sex with her? <laughs> <laughs> no, I understand her on a deeper psychological level, but... She's Oprah Winfrey. She spends her whole life only... Like all famous people. All famous people, they'll only let you get to a certain level. There's a facade up there and uh, you can't get through that. They'll deal with you. You'd have to learn. I mean, I'm a famous person, aren't I? You have to learn good, small talk, good chat of where you let people. And then if someone says something that's really interesting, which most... you know, Then you go, oh, oh bloody hell, come in. Or maybe they're attractive in some way. Right. Then you let them through the old facade and into the inner realms of what I call my anus. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't call it that. <laughs> 
call him the, the winking wonder. <laughs> no, 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 I wouldn't do that. No, no. So yeah, so like famous, like all famous people, you know, because when the uber famous, e.g. Oprah Winfrey, Tom Cruise, you know, like you sort of see them Recoil in horror. <laughs> <laughs> when I've been around David Beckham, I've sensed David Beckham thinking, this guy's going to fucking ruin it for everyone. <laughs> like, really? I can yeah. feel his energy of like, mm, keep away from me. Keep what, so the, there's a, they've a drawn a line and you can sense the line? You can sense that they're sort of like, yeah, certain people I suppose are intrigued and like interested. Yeah. But other people, they feel that, oh, there's danger in this fella. He could capsize me. Right. And I've felt it quite a lot. And who, and so like, not just famous Beckham, people. No, Oprah Winfrey, Everyone. Tom Cruise. Yeah, they're all sort of on a certain level where they're a brand. That's right, and they've got a, when a real brand comes along, <laughs> they've got to be careful. Yeah, so like a, like Oprah Winfrey, like yeah, I was only around. I've been around her twice, and it, actually the first time was awful because I'd gone down to do a chat show with Rosie O'Donnell. I think it was in Chicago, and Oprah was producing it, and I was bowling about and I was like in the corridors. I don't know, trying to pass the time prior to the record, and Oprah was in the gallery directing a segment that was you know the show was already on. I was in like right. the fourth part or whatever. Oprah was in the gallery excuse me for bourbon like directing everything in a no she ain't got no shoes or socks on who Oprah <clears throat> she had no shoes or socks on I guess she won't dress she was wearing like posh frock like she was going to a do but she took her shoes and socks on with the shoes and socks under the desk I didn't see that far I was just watching the masterful I suppose so. I was just watching I mean she could have had them in the dress I mean it was like a masterful performance you sort of like the way she went okay go camera five or yeah push in on that one come away like, so she's in the gallery directing a show she was in the gallery directing away and I was affected by it because I thought of how sort of, you know it's the first episode so I guess she was just you know putting a stamp on it it was on her network or whatever and then I went back to the dressing room and I was telling uh, Nick Nick Lennon from Man Manchester, like all about what I'd just seen, and I was going like, "Oh, you should have seen Oprah Winfrey. She's a very commanding presence, and you know, you could see why she's become such a set. She walked in the room, and I was talking about her. And it's horrible, isn't it, when you're talking about someone and they walk in the room? Yeah, but it? you weren't being negative. I weren't being negative, but it was still talking about her, and I felt she's got disgusting feet, <laughs> all curled up and mangled toes. <laughs> <laughs> that little baby's been out of his grasping at the floor. Hey, you're gonna start conquering between her toes. <laughs> Hello, Oprah. I was just talking about another thing that isn't your feet. And then I saw you there. I thought, how much I love. Marry me? Will you marry me? She walked in and I panicked. And I tried to, like, redress this. I thought, just admit it. Just go, oh, I was talking about you then, Oprah Winfrey. How I you just were directing saw you the show. And I thought, Tell yeah. her the whole story. Yeah, yeah. And I, could, I saw her slam down the shutters of... of that's as far as I you're allowed to in come the room. in my life. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> no shutters. We're not in an East German police station. <laughs> oh, you saw that she just went, this guy's nuts. She, yeah, I just saw like, so, yeah, as if it passed across the, like, if it was like a dot matrix ticker tape screen across yeah. her forehead going, person is nuts. Oprah, walk away now. <laughs> Oprah, disengaging. So this book, <laughs> she just walked out. This book that she gave you. Yeah, Untethered Soul. Clearly now you can sort of build up a picture of why she... Hey! Get, get one of those books for that guy. Oprah, disengage from guy. Give guy life Give help guy book. help book. Give help to guy. <laughs> With great love and respect, Michael A. Singh. Well, he signed it. Okay, it's yeah, not a personal anyone. message. Yeah, personal message to someone. Russell, Could be anyone. read this. Please read this, Oprah. <laughs> for heaven's sake. For the mercy of us all. Read this book, you idiot. Look, instead of judging me, a great guy, why not judge you, <laughs> a nitwit, by talking about what is this experience you had when you couldn't work your laptop like oh, a normal man, even though you oh, depend yes, upon it? Yes, now. 
What happened to you? Oprah Winfrey doesn't feature in this story. Right, and that's why already 20% of the listeners are turning off. <laughs> no, my laptop, on which I rely for, well... People know where a laptop is. Well, no, but I'm to trying to build a picture of my personal relationship with why? it. It goes beyond personal... the normal person's relationship how? with it. How? What because do you think a, normal... I do my job on it. Hmm. B, I look at porn on it. <laughs> that's everyone's relationship with it. Ah, I've tricked you into admitting damn, it, because I don't look tricked. at porn. Um, no, my laptop stopped working, and that's my... Well, it's like my job. I'm a writer, and I work on my laptop. Everyone so, knows you're a writer. Well, I want... Not Wait, everyone Why are you does. announcing your job? I'm a fireman, and I'm that proud to be a fireman. <laughs> and if there was a fire, I'd put it down. So instead of judging me, a bloody good fireman, give us a thumbs up. <laughs> if I was a fireman, I don't think I'd have much connection to my laptop. What are they doing? Girls with fire, better Google it. Oh, have they put that fire out? Put water on it. Oh, hang about it's a chip fat fire. Oh, no. Oh, no. Made it worse. up my leg. Oh, I should never have been a fireman. I should have stayed in right I'm such a drip. Anyway, my laptop stopped working, so I had to contact the makers of the laptop, Apple. Apple. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah, I suppose so. As long well, as you're about to it. harshly criticise them. They, um... Right, so if you if your thing goes wrong, right, at first they talk you over the phone and they just sort of tell you like... What happens? You just ring a bloke? Yeah, well, you can phone Apple Care, right? And they're, it's actually a really Get good service. Get through quickly or a lot of nonsense? No, it was actually a pretty positive experience, right? And so at first they do stuff which I'd already tried, right? Well, like turn it well, on and off like, again. Yeah, basically, like, like there's, there's restarts and resets and like finger, you know, when you hold down three buttons. You I wouldn't even know how to do that. No, it's beyond I didn't you, like the way you to, had to make your fingers into claws yeah, to remind me. I like would that. refuse. If something makes me go, oh, to fix this, you've got to make your hands into claws, I'd go, get another one. Well, they don't say Throw it like out that. Hey, can you make your hands into claws where you are, sir? Hello? <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. You may call yourself a genius, but I'm the real thing. I'm going down the pub. Yeah, so anyway, like, what happens if you go past that stage is someone takes control of your computer oh. remotely, oh. right? So someone, they weren't in California, but in my mind they were. I think they're in Ireland or somewhere. You know, you know this is quite a lot of time, Matthew. You say, in my mind they were, and then you would make some terrible announcements about the world. I know, but I can't trust my judgment because I think... Apple is in California, so on one level, I'm thinking this guy who's got an Irish accent and said he's in Ireland is in California in my mind. Don't trust him. No, do trust him. I just in my mind, mind fills in details that aren't mind, true. How is your mind something separate from you? That's what well, I that's can't what bloody this know. fucking leads to. <laughs> well, there you go. That's why I'm a good journalist. <laughs> see, see um, where it's going. Something <clears> stitches. <throat> no, listen, right. So they take remote control of your laptop. So you have to invite them in. You can't. They can't just do it, right? It's like a vampire. You Ooh. have to like. Ow. Well, you have to say, says, say like, three times. Dangerous. Download this little thing. Go to this website, and he goes, "Okay, I'm." How about could you to... do that? How could you do that if your computer ain't working? Ah, now this is the clever bit. My computer was working at what that point. What are you Oh, shut up. My computer turns itself off up. randomly. I've also got two computers, right? So I could have been on the other one. But I wasn't. I was on the laptop that had the problem. It had a shutdown issue, okay? It's boring, but it turns itself off. Turn so at me. any point... Turn well, me what, off. I tell you what, when, you, when your computer could turn off at any point, it changes your whole life. What, what do you mean? What's well, it like? What you're doing on there, everything, you're constantly saving it, you can't relax, you're really sort of... It's a bit like knowing you're dying of a disease well, you and you've are. only got a limited being time alive. left. We are dying and you have got a limited time and, and we could die at any moment and we just get confident because it ain't happened yet, but we are going to die. I mean, I don't want to get off track. 
<laughs> but the fact remains, Matt, at some point, all this stuff we've saved, all this stuff we've acquired, it's all just going to switch off. And whether or not it is an Apple computer or your own consciousness, all of the data that you save is meaningless. Well, this is why I'm not a passive nihilist, because I didn't want to lose all that stuff. Anyway, right, the bloke takes control of my screen, and he goes, before he does it, he says, right, if there's anything you don't want me to see, you turn it off now, right? And I understood the concept of like... Porn. Yeah, or anything, like personal well, emails or something. <laughs> well, what, what else? It could be anything. What, though? Credit card details. I don't know. I don't mind him seeing but that. Anyway, I said, but everyone would think porn, right? Now, it'd be, if you were talking on Apple Care, getting your laptop fixed and looking at porn, it'd be a bit weird. But like, it makes you if go... If you were doing it with your claw and... Yeah. Actively during the chat. It's like, bloody <laughs> hell, mate. What's it just going keeps... <laughs> Turning off. <laughs> Can't talk me through it. What was his name? Uh, Sean. So Sean's listening Sean said, to you. If you've got anything you don't want me to say, close it Did down you now. Now I didn't, but then it made me like I went, oh, okay. What do you Meaning mean? You like I suddenly understood what he the meant. Concept. Then I got worried that he thought I was closing something down. <laughs> so I went, oh, okay. I mean, uh, there wasn't anything, but like that. So already he's thinking this You're guy's a little foot. bit weird. Yeah, because you've gone into denial. I mean, he's not. Sean can't judge you. No, a Can customer. He? They've made the machine. The fact that I look at ladies in the nude on it is yeah. not my fault. That's standard human behaviour. No, but like, so anyway, he took control, and then the little mouse pointer <laughs> starts moving on its own. Oh, I wouldn't like that. And opening things, and goes, "I'm just going to look in here." Oh God, what? what did he look at? What's the first thing he snoops <laughs> well, it into? Well, goes into like what what programs automatically start when your computer turns on and stuff like that. He goes, well, I'm just going to look for you. He talks you through it, oh. but it's the feeling, a so, sort of no. digital feeling. You know when someone puts digital, their, like fingers down the back of your pants. Well, yeah, but sort of um, when someone puts their arms through your armholes and pretends to be your arms, it's like that. Yeah, we tried to do it for the promo for our new podcast. Very hard, and I didn't like it. I didn't like you having control of my nipples. <laughs> <laughs> I will never yield that control again. So it's like having. Yeah, no one has like, control of their nipples. I've got control of my nips. Have Those you? guys <laughs> stiffen, boys. <laughs> now go flash it. No, so he took control of my computer. Yeah. And then uh, he goes through. And first of all, they're better at your computer than you. So you feel a bit like, oh, I don't know. I've never looked in there. Oh, you know, it's, it's a strange feeling of yeah. someone being better at that and you've got such a like personal relationship with your computer with your wife better than you yes oh, I'd hate that very much like that she doesn't make those noises usually what's going on <laughs> and uh, yeah and, and then text messages come in right? to the computer yeah because well yeah um, my computer my text messages come up on the screen oh yeah hello bitch tits who's that I don't know I can't remember Someone. who's saying that Someone like you, probably. <laughs> There's no one like me, baby. I got a I'm text a that started as that, right? And, and he's seeing this, of yeah, course. Yeah, and he's oh, seeing it. And I know, I went, oh, a stupid message. Like that. <laughs> and he, but they're very, they have to maintain a sort of professional, you know. Anyway, he's in there for Don't too long. Don't worry about long. that, sir. I've seen worse things than bitch tits in my time working at Apple. Yeah, exactly. He sort of... Does he then, have like... Is he like a doctor? Because like a doctor... Yes, it's medical. Like, oh, you've got a funny one! Yes. Like a doctor can't make you feel embarrassed about your privates, can he? No, it's definitely can't medical. Can't stretch your ball bag. Oh, look at <laughs> it! I was all long! <laughs> doctor, you promised me a, a dignified examination. <laughs> yeah, I know, but look at that mole! Oh, I did something really stupid. Uh, what did you do? He made me sort of shut it down and then turned it back on, right? And when it goes to a black screen, I've got dead pixels, 
What's that, that mean? Come, well, the, some of the pixels on my screen have died and gone white, so they're Ooh. just like, yeah, and it's no, a thing called happened. dead pixels. It's right? not real, dead pixels. Yeah, it is. You can take your computer back if you've got too many dead, dead pixels. pixels. And I say to him, can you see all these dead pixels? Because he's in my thing, but he's not but got your screen. on my computer, and it was the stupidest thing, and I could sense that he thought, oh, God, I'm, I'm going to tell everyone it. about this, this, this guy. guy. I think he's more worried about bitch tits than the dead pixels, no, I don't mate. Think he dead pixels that. is an easy mistake to make. Well, but anyway, bitch imagine... tits. You must wonder what kind of realm you occupy. <laughs> I don't think he minded that. I think, as a computer person, I think the dead pixels thing, because he then had to go. I said, "Oh, that's a really stupid thing to say, isn't it?" Because obviously, that's on my. Well, it's not that stupid because sometimes people think. Because you're got obviously dead educationally subnormal, <laughs> sir. So Listen, for you, it's it. probably a very astute <laughs> observation. Why don't you do a drawing with a crayon on the subject of dead pixels? Write a poem about it. Well, anyway, my computer still doesn't work. It still turns itself off every now and again. Because you can't Sean didn't help. And that, well, I think Sean not being able to fix your laptop is worse than you wondering about the uh, ubiquity of dead pixels. An easy mistake at a maker. Anyway, when that bloke fixed my computer, I was yeah, ashamed yeah. of how dirty my desktop was. What do you mean your desktop? Well, you know, you, you, all your files all messed Why up. Why have you and... invested so much in this? I'll tell you something. Like, when I was... Now, as you know, there's a man called Mick who drives me around in what can only be described as his car. And I, yeah. I was in it once. And like, Mick's car's a nice car. It's a Mercedes. Yeah. It's flash. I go, I'm in it all the time, Mick driving around. Yeah. You, although you can drive yourself. Yeah. Well, you can't actually in this country, can you? I've not got a license, but I could get through it. But like, I, anyway, one time, Mick, uh, Mick's car, I'd always sort of been used to being in that car and it being a particular type of experience. One time, Mick went wandering off somewhere. We were on tour. He wandered in a hotel in Newcastle and me and Nick were... We were sick and tired of Mick's antics. It's Mick, actually, that does this jingle. I'm listening to the Russell Brand podcast with Russell and Matt. Now say that you're listening to the Russell Brand podcast with Russell and Matt. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Russell Brand podcast with Russell and Matt. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so now you get an idea of the kind of character that Mick is. Like me and Nick got tired of waiting for Mick, and uh, so we just drove off. In Nick, Mick's car? Yeah, so that's dealing. Why has everyone in this story got almost the same name? What, Nick and Mick? Mick, Nick and Dick. They were in Newcastle. <laughs> they gave it a lick. Like, well, uh, when Nick drove off in Mick's car... Mick's car seemed like a completely different creature. It was like a, like someone that before had been some lovely old soppy old Labrador was now as a vicious tiger of a machine. Yes. Vibrant and virile Context. and alive and full of potential and possibility. Well, it's cruel as well. You've stolen someone's car. That's cruel. That shouldn't have happened. But Mick yeah, didn't that's what I'm saying. My computer in up. my hands is my computer. As soon as there's a strange man in there moving my pointer around and seeing my desktop and knowing that people call me bitch tits, my mother, <laughs> then it's weird. Is it? Yes. Yeah, so, Context. So, yes, it is. What? Well, yeah. I mean, your reality was essentially hijacked for a moment. Yeah. Everything that you hold dear, and that is why I, Russell Brand, have been at the forefront of watch out for the perils and dangers of machines. Machines that are poised at any moment to take over our lives. Some, something that we can study now in what I call this thing I'm reading: <laughs> robot vacuum cleaner, <laughs> eight woman's hair. Now, anyone who's listened to me for a long time is probably asleep. Not by now, I would think so, or possibly mentally ill but if you're neither of those things or even if you are because even if you're sleeping you'll probably hear some of this stuff will come through and it'll affect your dreams like when your dream tries to incorporate something that's happening or is that a cartoon no that's wake real wake up wake up 
And then in the dream, someone's going to you, I don't know, they're grabbing you by the shoulder and knocking you about. No, when, you remember like radio alarm clocks before everyone's phone woke them up? Yeah. Mine used to come on and it would be the radio, like the breakfast show or whatever. Yeah. It would enter my dreams and then I'd hear the same news reports later in the day because they repeat them. And yeah. I'd think, oh, that's what, that was my dream, that. Yeah. Used to enter my con. Don't look at me like I'm mad. You just said that and I'm supporting nope. your stupid madness. <laughs> You supported it, but don't attack me. That's like when I'm stroking my cat and he's enjoying it, and then he just bites me. Oh yeah, well that's you know why, don't you? Why he's turned you, on? Because you pop your finger up his bum. I would never do that. I don't go near that end of him hardly. And if I do, it's to cup him lightly so he feels comfortable. Once I was talking to my brother-in-law, who's American, and uh, he's a submarine captain, and he's quite well. He's a, he's a nice guy, but he's very sort he's of he's a go-getter he's a submarine he's, the yeah, man's been he's under sea for six months at a time I know and six then, months in a submarine can you begin to imagine it how long does this podcast be going 15 minutes I'm ready I'm ready to give myself six over six months under the water and then you've got to sit, come home and meet me all that stuff all that accumulated gas you finally released what now paradise no I'm afraid not he's Matt. got a new brother-in-law from England put me England. back in the submarine I was talking to him and he was on the computer right, doing something and mm. we were talking about the computer and I was stroking the family dog their family's dog Sam yeah. right Sam the dog and then as I was talking to him I found a little tassel on his chest and I was sort of like <laughs> pulling it I was pulling the little tassel thinking that's this weird, is the dog's chest yeah and I was yeah, <laughs> yeah not my brother-in-law's chest he's tassel free <laughs> and I was talking to my brother-in-law and I was going yeah yeah no well, maybe like if you put it into the external drive doing and some computer why talk why are you dishing out computer advice with your haphazard well this was years ago before it fell tits. apart you didn't know this was you didn't know tits. that's the nature of time that's as simple as that nature of time so I was stroking the dog's chest what I thought was a little I was like there's a little you shouldn't think of the dog's chest it's all of the, no he's laying on his back and I was stroking Stroking his chest. I've never had a pet. It was quite a nice moment. Well, don't stroke it on the chest, mate. Well, that's why I looked down and I'd been basically playing with his dick. (laughs) For for, for quite, like, I'd been stroking him. And then... And then I looked back and the dog was like doing that thing his eyes had rolled up to white. Sort of going... You'd send him into another dimension. Like that. (laughs) That's a mention of pleasure. You'd wanked him into a new dimension. (laughs) You'd tuned his mind in to an ultimate dimension of canine pleasure. Every time I was stroking what I thought was his chest and then I'd find the little tassel thing, I'd sort of (laughs) hold on to it and then give it a little shake. Like a little... Like oh, I was like, what is I thought it was just like, you know when they get a little spike of hair yeah, yeah. with a little bit of we all sort know of rubbery about a spike skin. Of hair, son. We all it? know about oh, that. Oh, I'd wanked off a oh, dog. Oh, the indiscriminate landscape of the hairy torso of a dog. But this particular <laughs> bit I enjoy. The tassel. The tassel I shall actually give special attention. I single you out for a special j- Matty Jiggle. I know. And you jiggled it, I and when you look it. back, he'd gone into a trance his eyes was rolled back in right. his head. But the worst thing is Now how often do you do that in life when do I me and that dog is increased is incredible no it's incredible like I won't see it I'll be in England for six months I'll go home he runs in and he just thinks how about that guy wag me up (laughs) give us a Tesla waggle give us a Tesla waggle you blimey bastard never touched it again and he must just think what did I do that day what was it about that day that meant that he He touched it it was the Tesla waggle he's not an idiot he's a dog because I've never done it again since he must think oh "Oh, why is he playing hard to get I don't want to. Why? I know someone who. erection, though. I, I know someone who had a female cat. What did you say? He got an he erection. He didn't get an erection, but he's got you no testicles. You can't even wank a dog off properly. What's wrong with you? <laughs> now, Matthew, we were talking quite nicely before you wank off a dog about 
Technology's influence in the modern world. And anyone who's been listening to me for any time at all will know that I'm one of the great prophets and foreseers uh, using Terminator 2, Matrix and films like that to form a sort of slapdash theory about robots and the like. Well, it's all come true because a robot vacuum cleaner ate a woman's hair. A South Korean woman had to call firefighters, ugh, them layabout, to help after her robot vacuum cleaner ate her hair as she slept. The 52-year-old resident of Changwon City was taking a nap on the floor when the vacuum cleaner locked into her ear, sucked it up, apparently mistaking it for dust. That is why we cannot trust the robots... To What's back our floors. <laughs> You've huh? got these little pauses that your body's making. <laughs> You're like a sort of I'm negotiating with my body. 50-year-old man. Here we go. Yeah, I'll get through. Oh, excuse me. I've had that dessert. Got to pay for my daughter's wedding. I've to talk to Janet about that one. I suppose we can do a Saturday deliveries. Lost the car keys. There we go. I suppose it's back to home base. Oh, yeah. Well, we have Just butterscotch whip, probably. Oh, <laughs> Will I have the cheese board? What's that from Murray's Mount? Enjoy a good tennis tournament. I see Dave's got a new car. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, shut up. Unable to free herself, this tart. <laughs> oh, excuse me, she called the fire department. Oh, there we go. Oh, this is the sort of thing that goes on in Korea, I suppose. <laughs> there you go. Well, yeah. well, I suppose we should be grateful they're not simply eating dogs. Oh, there we go. Oh, someone had to say the dog comment. <laughs> Robot vacuum cleaners have grown in popularity in recent years, with US firm iRobot Circular Roomba selling over 10 million units since its debut in 2002. The wheeled gadgets are equipped with sensors that enable them to steer clear of obstacles and detect dust and debris on the floor. What do you think well, about that? This is what I think about this. When they call it a robot, right? Those vacuum cleaners are barely robots. They're just vacuum cleaners with a little. They're like those things. They just go around on the floor. It's not a robot. Like I will pick up this dust walking around <laughs> with a little dustpan and brush. You want it to be more anthropomorphized. Yeah, that's just, that's just a remote control car with a vacuum cleaner in it. Mm. But the fact that it's bollocks. It's, it is bollocks. But it has at this woman's head. Yeah, but a Hoover, a normal vacuum cleaner, could have, if someone pushed it near her and she was asleep on the floor, it would have eaten her hair. This is not. Yeah, but it wouldn't have happened, mate, would it? Because a human. Robots. A human being would have seen the woman on the floor and he would have said, I'll stop right there. There's a human being asleep. And why am I even vacuuming when there's a woman asleep? I'll do something quieter. Well, maybe the washing up. This is the truth of this story. Tell me. She's asleep while a robot's cleaning her house. It's laziness and she was punished. God has stepped in here, using a robot to avenge sloth, one of the deadly sins. Justice done. Or a South Korean woman dispensed with. Do you think the robot, this has gone on for 20 years. No, not that long, because the robot hasn't existed. But like, say it's gone on for two years. What, has this abuse? Yes, yeah, Is that well, enough? She's just like passed out oh. drunk on the carpet. And the robot's like, I do everything around here. <laughs> this isn't fair. And it's just slowly built up this resentment. <laughs> and then one day, gone, I'm doing this. <laughs> It does sound excited, a vacuum cleaner, doesn't it, Matthew? When it sucks, <laughs> when it sucks up something that's not just not just normal dust, it goes in overdrive, doesn't it? He really yeah. lets rip. Well, we know what you're talking about when oh, you say be not just normal dust. Could be some marbles, wet dust. <laughs> yeah, you ain't gonna leave that wet dust just <laughs> lying around, there. Like that. Suck that up, and all Henry. You can take a 
So you think, yeah, she's stepped in, he's sucked her nut up. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, maybe it's got some sort of sentience and it's thought that, you know, this isn't right. And who sleeps on the floor anyway? What look, is going on around this woman's house? She's got a black, they've got a bed on the floor. She thinks she's in the future. She's keeping on the floor. Justice had to come. It was inevitable. It was absolutely inevitable. It had to happen. Well, I think just give robots a bit of time before we condemn them completely on that. Will we ever know the mysteries of the human mind? <laughs> You're listening to Russell and Matt on the Russell Brand Podcast, in demand and on demand. If you want to email us, you can. Matt at audioboom.com. Or, you know, just, I, I don't act. Do you know what? I don't mind what you do. Why don't you go to sleep on the floor and get your brain sucked off by a robot? It's probably what you do. I do care, actually. I love you. This is the Russell Brand Podcast. <laughs> Tell me about your friend's dad who woke up with a massive ego from a coma. All right, I've got this friend. He's called Paul. His dad used to be a notable tennis star. Now, this fella went into a coma and... Uh, Not Paul, the dad. No, Paul's fine. Don't worry about Paul. He's, he's having a hell of a time. Things are going to be better for Paul. <laughs> he's had a lot of luck. Uh, he's got a scr- he went on a scratch card. Paul's fine. Don't worry about Paul. All right, okay. <clears throat> his dad went in a coma right how that heart attack when his dad come round <laughs> what, what, what am I Duke yeah, well, sir. normally I when know. you go into a coma you've, there's been some like accident or something I think yeah but look mate Paul and I are close but I don't pry into Paul's private business if Paul tells me <laughs> his dad's in a coma I don't say how high do you know what I mean <laughs> okay I Paul's, respect Paul Paul's dad went into a coma yeah this time I know it's I'm serious. going into a coma now. Just Off he went. Anyway, when he come back from it, a week later, everyone's devastated, a lot of pressure on a family. Week. You can imagine. Yeah, a week he's That's in a coma. Not long, sorry. Matthew, come on, mate. That's oh, ages. Six months like Eddie Kid. Well, Eddie. What's this coma was? <laughs> Why are we suddenly competing over who's had the worst coma? Well, I'm saying. Like, Paul's family, a bit of a real life stress. Okay, go on. He comes around after a week. Which to you, Matthew, may be the blink of an eye, because your week, average week for you is basically a coma anyway, just staring at a computer that you can't be bothered to run yourself. Look at the dead pixels. But me, go get us. I'm on the stock exchange. I'm out there. I'm in the park. I'm having a time of my life. Paul's uh, his dad, he's come out for this coma. He's woke up with a completely different personality. He's demanding the finer things in life. I'm not eating that. Go and get me some, uh, like he wants, Clinique bathing products. He's and- woken up as you. <laughs> Paul's basically woken up as a diva or some sort of a, a Revis Nouveau Riche Essex scumbag. <laughs> he was dad, well, before, was quite a demure man, a right. sensible man, a sweet and likable man. Oh. He woke up, he's demanding, they're, they're trying to entertain him by giving him like uh, bits of, like, saying, read, here, have a read of that, Paul's dad. That'll cheer you up. Go on. Oh, it's Codswallop, it's Codswallop, I can't read that, it's rubbish. They're giving him newspapers. He wants a private jet. Get me a private jet back home. They're trying to appease him, give him stuff to do as he comes around. His family's not that interested. They don't like him. They give him a Sunday supplement. Paul's dad had done uh, advertisements pre- previously for like some sort of financial scheme or another, you know, related to his tennis status. And he went, ah, this is the stuff. This is more like it. And tore it out and insisted it was fixed upon the wall. Because there's a picture of him on it. He loved did he, it. Did he go... Did he remember that he'd done that advert and gone, oh, this is... Or was he just like, ah, there's me in a magazine. This is brilliant stuff. Ah, this is it. I think, well, as far as I can gather, he was exactly himself other than this escalating egotistical perspective. 
He was like exactly the. It's not like he was different. I think he remembered everything. It's just he was him with this new element Do you of think, egotism. Like, looking backwards, you think, why was I so quiet and passive about that? Because his new personality is him, right? So that's the new him. So yeah. in retrospect, everything else he did must have looked like that was out of character for me. I'm a go-getter. Look, you may think about old Paul's dad, that chump <laughs> you used to push around. Well, let me tell you, there's a new guy in town. It's me, new Paul, or old Paul. I don't know how you want to see me. All I know is I want to see a montage of images of me on this hospital wall. Quick, smart. That scares me a bit, like when people wake up with, you know from an accident or something with a completely different personality I feel like it's the ego tries to reassert itself after the consciousness was suspended I mean what is your consciousness doing when you're in a coma where is your head who are you when you're in a coma well apparently you hear most stuff and you're just laying there wound up well I don't know if you're wound up I well, just think you're inert no, I don't think so because I get the idea you're switched off no some people come around and go I heard everything mother well 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 mother Trying to sell my stuff on eBay, well, your mother? Lingered a little with the bed bath, did we, mother? Hmm? <laughs> Round the corner, chocolates made, hey, mother? <laughs> that isn't chocolates, mama, and that wasn't a coma. I was testing you, and now I know for sure that you were a paedophile in waiting. You were just waiting till I was in my mid-thirties and pretending to be in a coma before giving my, my um, bottom the washing it required. My nan has got dementia. And uh, I didn't want to break it to you like this, but I'm gonna, <laughs> but, um, my mum and dad went to like, she's in a care home, but they went to visit her. And uh, she's got to that stage where she like didn't have any trousers on and didn't seem to care. And the uh. nurse went, oh, come on, come this way. We've got to put some trousers on. I'll get her dressed to my mum. And then uh, she said to my nan, the carer said, come your your son-in-law's here. You've got to put some trousers on. She went, so what? I've always fancied him. Whoa, like that. that's dark. Just drop that. So then my dad had to go, oh, blimey, and reassess everything, really. You've got to look at life from a completely now different Now I've angle. got a new mum and it's my nan. <laughs> <laughs> Nanny, <laughs> mummy, what's next? But like when, uh, you know, the, the sort of mechanics of your personality break down. It's a construct. It's all a construct. There's this, when my mother came out from having a very serious operation last year, she was still like dosed up on morphine or whatever pain medication they give you. And literally when I'd wheeled her out from the operation, she spoke to me with such illuminating clarity and purpose. It was yeah. like incredible. Cause you know, the frequency I communicate with my mum on, it's this very humdrum domestic, never known it not to be there, ordinary. It's developed into me as a sort of like, you know, I'm an only child and all that kind of stuff that comes with that, yeah. a male child. Like, but she spoke to me with this kind of certainty and truth. Oh, Russell, you think you know everything. And I sometimes think, oh, shut up. I'm older than you. But you're a good boy. <laughs> oh. It was just sort of like so clear. Well, so never, she direct. wouldn't say that sort of thing in No, she life, wouldn't have she? that certainty. It was like with the, with the encumbrances of constructed character washed away by the experience and the morphine, she spoke like so truthfully. It was so, it was sort of, you know that word hallowed? You don't get that yeah. word used much. Hallowed Harry Potter title, or hallowed be thy name, Lord's Prayer. It means like the Holy. presence of a holiness. Yeah. She spoke to me like it was coming from somewhere beautiful and intense and true. And even though she was being sort of very dismissive about my, it was like, I was like oh, okay, mum, yeah, sorry. I felt like all sort of like, I felt it was nice. You know, it felt yeah. real. And like the, I something have wheeled was her in. around the world just telling people how it is. Oh, there you go, you <laughs> silly sods. What the are you Middle doing? East. Come on, guys. Why don't you calm down? You die anyway, you know. It was really sort of, it was so sort of Does sweet. Does she remember it? No, she don't. I mean, I obviously know, like, essentially, that's who my mum is, you know. That's, yeah, well, that's sad that she's not. 
Well, that's not that that she's probably well. I think like because we've been talking about watching the undateables when you see autistic people, right? And sometimes their their voice that they you know that seems like socially unacceptable and oh, there's something wrong with this guy. He's got a a condition, right? It's just pure sort of personality, pure thought without all the sort of, you know, like the stuff, the manacles you put on it. By sure. Sometimes politeness and stuff. a lot of forms of mental illness with us being uh, relatively detached from most forms of it, other than the forms that we perhaps suffer from, seems like that it sometimes seems, other than it's a negative social and personal side effects, like this seems like, oh, all this is, is there's not the... Uh, appendixes and ancillaries of character once yeah. removed people speak very clearly and plainly yeah uh, it talks about that in untethered soul actually it goes you know you sort of you will openly say while you're at work oh i can't wait to get home where i can be myself like you know like sort yeah, of you yeah. openly accept that who you're being at work isn't yourself and they go but then when you get back home that too is not a version of yourself then even when you're and then it goes who are you who is it that thinks these thoughts when are you ever yourself? Never, because you are lost and in pain. Sometimes untethered soul is just like Oprah Winfrey giving you a smack in the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Look at you, you But twerp. the beginning, right? You come so on my show, you little bore. It says... What do it, you know about Philip Seymour Hoffman's death? You're a twit. Yeah, but that, do you have that inner voice when you're doing stuff? I always do. Like, you don't know about this. You're out of your depth. I hate that. What Sometimes that? E kicks in. That's well. I think it's the ego and the constant regulation of the left side of the mind. That Jill Bolte Taylor, who had that hemorrhage on the left side of her brain, said that well, as her she said her consciousness remained, but one aspect of her consciousness, this self regard and commentary, this uh, cataloging of detail, stopped, and she felt herself as an energy being encountering limitless energy to the point where the atoms in her hand, that as she looked at it, blended with the atoms of the outside so world. So like Buddhism. So she went. Yeah. With like for a science, so she's a what's she a psychiatrist? She's a neurologist. She's a not neurologist. a psychiatrist. So she, she had a stroke. In, yeah, so it's like that's why it's a TED talk. Jill Bolte Taylor. Was it called My Stroke of Insight? It's got some sort of punning name, but like right. it's it's an amazing piece because it's sort of like someone who speaks the language of neurology talking about what sounds like a deeply spiritual experience, or if not spiritual, a different way of experiencing consciousness, which for me is is spiritual. Yeah, right. So this book that you Untethered Soul, given to you by Oprah Winfrey. It starts like this. Shoot, I can't remember her name. What is her name? Damn, here she comes. What is it? Sally? Sue? She just told me yesterday. What's the matter with me? This is going to be embarrassing. And then he says, in case you haven't noticed, you have a mental dialogue going on inside your head that never stops. It just keeps going and going. Have you ever wondered why it talks in there? How does it decide what to say and when to say it? And basically he says, I, yeah, he goes, if you're, if you're hearing, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't have any voice inside my head. That's the voice we're talking about. And it sort of basically then says, which one's the real you? Like, yeah. who are you? Are you the little scared mouse inside your head? Going, oh, no, don't say that. Oh, God, I can't remember her name. <laughs> I think I'm him more. <laughs> what do you want to be him for? He's a well, right I don't idiot. want to be him. Don't be. He's dominant. Don't let him. Who's yours? Mr. Your Picklefingers. Who's mine? Your external sort of who you actually like. Well, if you can how cut much down, inner dialogue do you have? Like when you're like none. I've cut it all out. <laughs> I say every word of the stuff, every single word. If I think it, I say it. No, I think the reason I identify with this trickstick, of course I feel all those, that neurosis and self-doubt and anxiety, often alone in the dead of night or whatever, then it all kicks in like, oh God, I have no family, you're worthless. And I go to him, why don't you shut up? This is great. We can fill this house with people and a couple of phone calls. Woohoo! Well, back when I said to Noel Gallagher that I was, like, basically I got 
run down and went to the doctor and said, I just feel like depressed. I just mm. feel depressed. And uh, she did blood tests and I was really deficient in vitamin D, which we get from sunlight. Sure. Right? So I started taking you were vitamin like D hermit. spray. You were like a hermit all locked indoors. Yeah. Worrying. Basically. Well, no, I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't living well, in a cave. No I've been to D. California. I don't know why. But anyway. How much vitamin D do you need? You need a lot, mate. And no, but we you, don't get you didn't it. have enough. Oh, I need more than most. For You're like, going for it at a right old rate. And then, uh, so I sprayed this stuff under my tongue every day for ages, right? Oh, dear. <laughs> yes, it was that. <laughs> no, it was vitamin D. I bought it off Amazon. Fair enough. Because uh, they give you tablets to the doctors, but this stuff's much better. Gets... What do you mean? You're going with Amazon over the doctor? Yeah, because the reviews were bad. But anyway, it's not a bog down in that. have a review. He's a doctor, really. <laughs> he gives you the prescription. There you go. Yeah, but I looked into it and I was like, I don't want to take tablets. And there's the I'm spray. not going to their dentist. Anyway, I'll I felt get this much done on better. Facebook. <laughs> but we had dinner with Noel Gallagher. Twitter, more like. We had dinner with Noel Gallagher. It's got more and followers. I was in the throes of vitamin D deficiency. And I told him, oh, yeah, sometimes I worry about like when my wife goes out with my baby and I think, oh, what if they're hit by a truck and stuff like that? And he thought, well, he hasn't spoke to me since, pretty much. He's, you're a nervous nervous. <laughs> he thinks I'm all You've right. You've worried him. Yeah. But do you remember? Oh, like, yeah, Matt, that's perfectly normal. Right, he's gone from your fucking life. Yeah. He just cut you off. But, he, but Noel Gallagher's He's as cold as ice. I don't think he's he willing has, to sacrifice. Yeah, he's not cluttered by... Voices. He's as cold as ice as he's willing to sacrifice, is what he is. No, he has got a beautiful depth to him, Noel, but he ain't going to fanny around with that kind he of doesn't get. He business. doesn't seem to have anxieties or... Although he did tell me once he went to the doctors because he had one sweaty leg. I don't like that. I don't like that. Phone him and ask him. Well, I think what we've discovered over the course of this show is that there's a pure awareness that supersedes all of the clutter of the mind. A witness deep within, observing all phenomena and how you catalogue and prioritise that information becomes your character, but your character is an arbitrary assemblage. If not arbitrary, then changeable. But why trust my summaries when I'm a man whose mental illnesses are all too obvious? Let's hand over to a man who's paid money to do this sort of thing. It's a poet. His name's Mr G and he's our friend. In this lost tunnel of nonsense, who knows where the future lies? To whose awoken ego do we now listen? On whose voice do we rely? Enter such kings and queens of chat where life gets edited on the fly. Harpo controls above the armholes but pedicures cannot lie. Yet who pushes our own buttons when the robots control our clicks? The system's coma waggles all our tassels for every tock and every tick. Look beyond the apparent dual nature to the rule of three, where one believes and the other disbelieves under the watch of the one who sees. An incredible achievement there from Mr. G. What you won't know at home is it had to be heavily edited because he kept giggling like a lady. Not that there's anything wrong with giggling ladies who don't love them. If you want to email us, you can Russell and Matt at audioboom.com or go to audioboom.com and record us a message. What a fantastic show, what a fantastic poem. See you next time. Bye. Brought to you by Audioboom.